Now we have digital clocks that automatically alter, and now we live in a world of quick communication, and we buzz between time zones readily. Is it time for the UK to stop doing this? Is it a friend or foe? Should we rage against the AI machine? This is the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabbit, one of the co-hosts. He is... I'm William Anklo, one of the co-hosts. And we don't talk about the countryside as much as we used to. You, the listeners, send in questions for us to conversate around and we try and always bring it back to, to the environment in some way. We try and keep the big issues in your consciousness and through actions we try and address what we we come up with, what, what we talk about, the, the, the questions and all the stuff around that and anything else that might come up. We have a conversational style. We don't debate like it says in the title. We have a, we, well, Sometimes we do debate... But uh, it's generally a conversational style. Who's the question from today, William? Uh, well, we have two questions, of course. Yep. Um, first question is from Fred in St Just in Cornwall. Do you know where exactly where St Just is? Yeah. Is it near St Ives? Or oh, it's further down than St Ives. Um, if you're there heading... much beyond St Ives, is there? There's not a lot. Compared um, to the rest of the country. No, uh, geographically, if you're travelling down to Land's End from St Ives, St Just is sort of in the middle of, of the peninsula... And in mm. the middle of the two. So kind of between Penzance and St Ives sort of there? No, further down, way down, much further down than Penzance. Okay. Um, it, 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 I, I do, what I remember of it, it, it's quite, it's quite a, it can be quite wet because it's quite near the coast in both directions. And mm. I, I remember some of the, the houses were painted with sort of pastel shades. But you know they have to paint those regularly because it peels off. Um just a nice little town. Um, I think the comedian, I may be wrong here, but I think the comedian, Jeffrey, was born down there. Maybe wrong, but uh, I know it's famous for something. Yeah, St. Justice, like, yeah, I can see why why they were, it's right on the western tip mm. of Cornwall, looking at Google Maps. Mm. Uh, I didn't know where it was, I know where it is now. And then, mm. so then, anything, any storms that come in from that direction, there's nothing to stop them. <laughs> nothing at all. No, so that would be quite windy down that way. Anyway, yeah, yeah so that's, the, that's, that's where the question is from. Yeah. What's the question then, big oh, boy? Let's go straight into it, yes. So, thank you, Fred. Thanks for your question. I think this is the first we've heard from Fred. Yeah, never heard from him before. before. Uh, yeah, so Fred says, in the UK, we put the clock back an hour in October and forward an hour in March. Now we have digital clocks that automatically alter and now we live in a world of quick communication and we buzz between time zones readily. Is it time for the UK to stop doing this? I think we started doing this in the early 1900s to save and conserve energy. Not sure if it's true, but I read William Willett, the great, 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 the great, great grandfather of Coldplay's Chris Martin, set up a campaign before the First World War pushing for clocks to go forward in spring and back in winter so that people could spend more time outdoors during the day and save energy. I've not heard that one. I, I automatically assumed it was to do with harvesting, harvest time, to have more time, have more light daylight. I'm not sure what, what, what the instigator was. I mean, um, I know uh, modern day the talk is about, you know, getting kids to school in the daylight and getting them home in daylight. and Yeah. And, uh, you know, just giving us a bit of extra extra daylight when we need it. But I don't know what the original instigator was, but the question's more about, is it time to move on? What do you think about that? Well, it's, it, well, it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just the UK. So everybody across the world? Puts, no, puts no their... not everybody. No. Um, there's, there's cases in some states, some counties in some states, in particularly in 
the western half of the, the United States, some counties do abide by by uh, by summertime, mm-hmm. um, by this uh, this hour forward, hour back, and some don't. So you can actually cross county lines and go into a different time zone, uh, which is a bit strange. Yeah. What's the pros and cons? The pros and cons. Uh, the yeah. um, I've I've often found it a little bit of a strange thing to do that time is just time. Um, I do think it's got I, I do think it's got I do think it's linked with labour as in the, as in the, the workforce, mm. not the political party, of course, but you know actually that 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 you would want to like if you finish you would finish work at a particular time. Mm. So if you don't put the clocks forward or put the clocks back, then that person will be working in the dark. And they wouldn't. They okay. can't do that. I think that's how it works. I think that basically how it, how why that's my understanding of why we do this. Are there any other pros as far as you can see? Um, uh, th- that's not necessarily a pro either. Mm. That's just that's just my understanding of mm. what what why we do it. In your life, then, what's the advantage of the clocks changing? There is no advantage. Well, the, what are the disadvantages? Uh, the disadvantages are that it it kind of like it, it just feels it just feels strange. Mm. It, it kind of like it's a bit. I find it quite jarring in some ways so, you know some people welcome the clocks going back and it's like lighter in the morning but then it's darker in the evening mm. um, or if, if the uh, vice versa you know when, when you spring you spring forward and fall back to use the american terms mm. you spring forward you do an hour hour forward and that means it's lighter in the evenings but it, it kind of it balances itself, itself out quite quickly anyway because of just the natural cycle of of the year doesn't it what are the pros and cons then of actually staying the same and not changing anything i i think i think it just makes sense I mean, why? Why change? Well, why does it make sense? Because time is just time, isn't it? You mm. know, time has always been seen as this consistent thing. But you know, it's like, well, you know, in the middle of the night, because that's when it changes. Uh, whether it's one o'clock or three o'clock, most people are asleep anyway. I, I think it probably massively. I would say it massively affects people who work overnight on those two nights, who mm. whatever work they do, because it must it must really massively impact must impact them for one night and then that will impact them for probably a, a follow the, the preceding weeks as well and what was the um you know for me the um the most confusing bit must be for people who are in different parts of the world who don't change their clocks yes who, 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 and then they suddenly have to sort of like recalculate but in this digital mm. era that shouldn't be difficult either um, but yeah, certain parts of the world actually, I think America changed their clocks a little bit later mm. than Europe. So you can at one point be, say, you're there's a five hour difference mm. between here and New York. I think at one point it's six, right? And some at one time it's actually four. I think that's how it works, right? Because of just because they've not changed their own clocks yeah. themselves. I don't know how I don't know how I don't know how long that lasts. Mm. Uh, but I had a long I had a long distance relationship and I had to deal with that with. Um, the time difference between here and California, right? The time's a very strange thing, anyway. You but, know, it kind, I of, often, kind of feeds into the, the the whole idea of time zones as mm, well. I often think it's an advantage to nature because the nature and the creatures, you know, we are part of nature. But uh, I'm put that one in there. But creatures that are creatures of habit, and when we suddenly we we we're not in the morning, we're not there for an hour. And they they've got free reign, and they think, oh, it's no, it's something's different. We can get on and eat more or whatever. Yes. Um, I, I wonder if there's ever been a scientific study about that mm. phenomenon. I, I I can't see it being a being a huge mm. making a huge difference. No, I, I I it does seem. I think there should be more. I personally, I think the clock should stay the same, mm. and more 
more emphasis put on changing our our uh, our rotor. So at the moment, a lot of congestion is caused by everybody going to work, going to school at the same time. You yes. know, stagger, stagger our, our lives, our, our processes. And I know some things need to connect, like suppliers need to collect with with uh, with their customers at a certain time. But mm. you know, I just think we need to reimagine when we go to work. You know, I just uh, you, you, you're going into Central Oxford sometimes. You can see everybody sat in their cars, and at half past eight, they all come out of their drives onto the road at the same time. Yeah, and that's what causes traffic. You know, so I, I per- personally. I would say uh, keep keep them the same. I would like to do a bit more research before I actually categorically say that. But then re- try and reimagine as a society when things start and finish outside of that. Because you're saying you want people to go to work in daylight, come home in daylight. Well, you could do that. And then working from home a little bit, you know, it might be better for the well-being. You know, I've known people who say, I go to work in the dark, I come home in the dark for months and months and months. Mm. You know, and uh, uh, that can't be good for you. Yeah, well, you know, if you go to mm. go further north, mm. uh, even so we're, in the, we're here in Oxford in the UK, um, if you lived up in, worked up in Scotland, even in, say, Edinburgh or Glasgow, the middle of, almost, almost you can class it as the south of Scotland, can't you? Because mm. it is pretty much the, even though it's classed as the middle, it's the rank of still far south. <clears throat> they have a very different rhythm up that way, mm. up there, because of the, especially the, 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 the summer, the, the, the daylight hours are longer. Yeah. In the winter, the, the daylight hours are much shorter than here. Mm. Then if you go even further north and go up to, Towards the north of Canada, go to go to Canada, go to the north of Russia, go to then Alaska. You have, a, you have a very different rhythm. You have mm. you have you have day almost like a whole months become a day mm. because of, well day of, of, of just daylight mm. continuously. Living in Oxford in England as we do, I mean, there's a thing called seasonal affective disorder. Sad. Yes. Uh, and yes. if you work outside it's in, in Oxford, indeed. in lack of daylight, lack of vitamins of, of some kind. Especially vitamin D, I believe. Uh, if you work outside like I've always done up until relatively relatively recently, I find it hard to imagine how, how you could become uh, seasonally affected because you're out and you're getting as much daylight as you can. But as you say, there are some places in the world that, you know, for the winter, it's dark for six months. Yeah. Well, or it's, almost. Well, I'll have to mention the F word, right? So I go to, I've oh. been to Finland over twenty times. I've been about twenty times in mm. all times of the year. Um, I think you mentioned it twenty times Christmas, on this podcast. I've been there so around Christmas time, and it doesn't seem to get light until about eleven o'clock in the morning, mm. and then get starts getting dark about to half past two, three o'clock, depending on the um, mm. depending on the weather. Mm. It never really. So, and I remember one day specific was specifically one day specifically that um, it, it didn't really feel didn't seem like it got light at all mm. um, or there's been I went there for midsummer and it's the exact opposite it doesn't feel like it got dark mm. the first time I went to Finland was for midsummer and um, I just remember that I couldn't sleep because it was broad daylight yeah interesting isn't it <laughs> yeah having a conversation and uh, it felt like nine o'clock in the morning I looked at the clock and it was like half past two three o'clock mm. so that's just yeah but I think that's all that, I think it's I think it's slightly ridiculous the, the clocks go forward and back I, I don't see any 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 justification for what's it? What's the action? No, just stop it. Mm. <laughs> no, what's the action? Um, yeah, just don't 
you know, just see time as it is. Don't, you know, stop, stop seeing it as a, a gaining an hour or losing an hour of sleep. Mm. Uh, because I, I, whenever I go to bed before the, before the clocks go forward or back, I automatically, any analog clocks I've got, and I still have a few in the house, I automatically set, set mm. to the right time anyway. Mm. My, my watch is just an analog watch. Well, it's a digital watch, but it's not. It's not mm. connected to the internet in any way, shape, or form. And I'm already moving on to the next uh, the next um, mm. time zone. My action would be just maybe do a bit of research on, you know, the, the different processes across the world. You know, what, what countries go forward, what countries go back. You know, what are the advantages? What are the pros? What are the cons? And then maybe come up with um, uh, an informed opinion. Uh, we've had this lumped on us, this question, and I, I haven't done that myself, but it just feels to me like we need to reimagine uh, our timetable outside of uh, the time, shall we say. Um, something uh, uh, I'd, I'd like to just remind you, we now do two questions per episode. So uh, we've got Heather from Ablington in Wiltshire, England. She's yeah. asked us a number of questions. And uh, this is quite a short one. So, do you want to go with that? Yeah, thank you for your so thank you your question there, Fred. That's a question, uh, uh, a topic where I feel we've never covered on this podcast before. No, not even close. No idea. No. Um, So so it was about time Mm, we got it. Would do. Um, um, Time is ticking on, so I'll stop waffling. Heather's question is uh, so Heather from Ablington, Wiltshire. Thank you for your question again. Um, What do you think about AI? Uh, So artificial artificial Mm. intelligence. Uh, good or bad? Is it a friend or foe? Should we rage against the AI machine? Uh, my understanding of AI is that it isn't sentient; that it actually is just a another an, an elaborate computer program mm. that seems like it's sentient. That's my that's my take on it. I I, I think it's one of those things that is. Like a lot of things, like uh, I, I, would, I would, I would liken it to something that something like the the invention of the the internal combustion engine, the, the car, or the um, the, the latterly the, the the home computer, the PC, mm. or latterly even more more recently the the smartphone. That these are really good tools, but terrible masters. You know, I think I think there's a real place in the world for AI as much as there had been for these other things that I've just mentioned. Mm. What do you think? Is there an opportunity in the future for Somewhere that is at, it's a centre for AI to because it's not sentient. It just it's process driven. Gets it gets given information and it, and it, it throws out some via the instruction. It throws out um, output. Is there an opportunity for that to that process to be corrupted or? Or, or, or it, it to think it's getting him information and then just run amok, not realizing that that it's destroying us. Well, you, you, are you, it, about- it, you see what I mean? Like it's got itself in a cycle of, oh, I've got this information, I've got a process. Got this information, I've got a process. But we're not giving it in the information anymore, and that mm. process is killing us off. And in the end, it, it will just be existing in its own cycle. But uh, well, potentially mm. that's I don't I don't know how I don't know how how that w- I don't know how that would happen mm. um, because or it, even if it could even if, if, if it actually could mm. I mean I mean AI is being used like any other technology will be used for good and for bad um, 
could could does the good outweigh the bad? It's mm. hard to say. I mean, I I did hear that it has been um, adapted to be used on uh, detection of a potential tsunami. I believe in the Indian Ocean, right? Um, because in uh, around uh, Japan has, has invested and rightly so in a lot of technology for to to warn of seismic activity, yeah. particularly under the ocean floor. Um, because there's, they're, they're, uh, Japan's on a very seismically active part of the world, and they need to know, they need to have early warning advance of early early uh, yeah, early warning of a potential tsunami. But that costs a lot of money. So, in, in in and around the Indian Ocean, there are countries that are don't have that technology in place and don't have the budget for it either. So, what the what AI has been implemented in doing is actually looking at data that's sent from real in real time from satellites that are, are, are around uh, satellites around the planet um, actually monitor that are monitoring sea levels mm. and it uh, that they can detect it pretty quickly and they can it's like the, the differences can be very very small especially in the middle of the, in the middle of the ocean mm. and it's almost saying that AI <clears throat> can do a much better job than humans can because we get distracted and we have biases, whereas AI doesn't have that at all. It'll just mm. see the raw data and it will it'll extrapolate it to say, right, an earthquake has happened here, and then you can you can send the warning out. That is that's as I understand it. So that AI actually has that power. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a significant group in in society that look at computers, robots as a, if they run them up, they can take over. But um, you know whether that's true or not is is another matter. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think that that's that's in the realms of science fiction, yeah. as that's in the realms of human human imagination, mm. and also in I think it, I think science fiction and and, and things like um, dystopian novels, uh, mm. uh, well, not so much dystopia, but you know, science fiction running amok is sort of part of our evolutionary history mm. that we're trying to. Uh, trying to see all, all 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 possible dangers there are to the human mm. to human um, existence. Yeah. See, the some we we were having a conversation a while back about using AI to write your scripts. You got to give with a speech. Um, there, yes. there was a an article written on LinkedIn by somebody we know, and they were talking about AI, and we we looked at it. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, it, 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 you, you can give a piece of text to, to an AI bot and say, can you make this sound more intelligent? So you're making it so, you, you know, you're making somebody who has got limited vocabulary sound more intelligent by producing this. So some people might see that as an advantage. But mm. um, often uh, um, when people read my books, they say when they come to a talk or they've been on a workshop or walk that I've led, they say, when I read your book, I can hear you talking. And that's because I use uh, voice recognition software. And when you talk into a microphone, you use different words than you do when you're typing. Like uh, you, you, when you're typing, you say, I am. But whereas uh, when you're talking, you say, I'm. But yes. You do say, I am, but... I would you shorten things. I, w- I would say so. So, uh, as my understanding of how 
the best way to approach use, use of AI, mm. especially with, with writing, is you have to be extraordinarily specific about what you want it to do. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've done some AI artwork, haven't we? Mm. Quite a bit, um, just for social media, mm. just for the fun of it, because it, the, the, what, it, what, what it kicks out is sometimes slightly humorous, where we mm. had one where there was a person, do you remember the guy? Three arms. Had, had three arms and had two right arms or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it does show, just throughout these, these strange anomalies. Um, but I think it's because it's what you have to. It's what you feed into the machine. Mm. You know, if you if you feed in, I don't know, the wrong ingredients into something, you're not going to get what you want, right? Mm. Or you're going to get something that's quite bland, quite yeah. straightforward. I, 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 that article you, you you talked about earlier actually sounded like it was actually written by a machine. Yeah. So I wonder if that was actually written by AI. That this mm. that the person who had actually wrote it wrote it in mm. inverted commas actually didn't write it at all and actually just put a prompt into into mm. ai yeah. the other thing i would say to you as well Stuart, is about about your you're saying you know it's in your voice and mm. and, 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 and it is it's in your voice because mm. you literally you're you're right you're you're reading it out almost yeah. aren't you that, that that you're also you also because you're aware of that you can you can um honestly say that to somebody stood in mm. front of you yeah and then that feeds into them going, oh, yeah, I'll listen to it. In, mm. I, I can hear your voice. I've just gone mm. to one of your talks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so that feeds into it. I would have thought that actually you. it would be interesting to – I don't think we'll ever do this, but, you know, if we tested, like, write this piece in the style of Stuart Mabbott. Yeah. Whose style is this, 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 this. I'd have to have enough material out there for it to be able to pick that up. Well, no, but you would actually go – you'd – if you if you pick if you chose the the the, the characteristics of how you talk mm. um, and made it very specific, mm. I wonder if it would, would we'd be able to figure out which one was written directly by you and which one was yeah. written directly by yeah, AI. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But I think what from from your point of view is you're saying that yeah this is this this sounds like me because mm. you know it sounds like you yeah. because it is you. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the yeah. danger of AI is that. I think the biggest danger ever, and there's a lot of conversation in in and around the art world that it will it will make artists irrelevant, or mm. uh, and I think that's a load of nonsense. I, I don't think AI are going to replace humans when it comes to actually creating things, because when it comes to creating, and I'm, I'm a big fan of music, I like music to be um, rough mm. around the edges. There just needs to be rough edges on it, and I don't think AI would be able to do that. It's not uniquely that person. Okay, well, I got nothing else to say on this. Have you? I could go on for a bit, but you know, this, this. I, I think it, it. It's 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 one of those moments. I think of that where we are on this course of change. There's something that this is changing how mm. the world sort of operates, perceives itself, it perceives itself, and it's just it's another like jump in technology in some respects. Mm. So you, in the past, you would have had. Well, we remember we, we we mentioned about the threshing machine mm, many many yeah. episodes ago, and mm. that caused a huge issue, didn't it? Mm. Now there's talk about AI having the same the same impact. Yeah, it's getting gonna, losing jobs, getting replacing people. It's going to replace it, it's going to replace people, and I think that is actually true. I think that's actually true. If you think about the if you think about the overnight the the internal combustion engine would have probably mm. caused a lot of issues with people who were looking after horses. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it kind of these things happen. Mm. I don't. I, I'm not going to gloss over the. I won't gloss over the effect that they will have on people. This will obviously have an adverse effect on people's livelihoods. Mm. But it's what we do as a species. We just we seem to have mm. these leaps. So I my action would be to have a look in your own life and see where AI is already in. in you know, mm. it, 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 it come into your life without maybe you even realizing. 
Yes. Or uh, and then f- uh, maybe look at where it could come in. Don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to to, to dip your toe into it. It's mm. actually free as well. A lot of mm. a lot of AI is completely free to use, mm. and it's based upon it. And, and I know at least Jack, Chat GPT, but I think most of the AI models that are out there uh, also do not store information as well. I think that's one of the biggest biggest notions is that it actually stores your information, but mm. it, it, it really doesn't. Mm. Anyway, so that's the end of uh, another episode of the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. We we've tried to spin it into a environmental angle, but sometimes it's very difficult to, as you can tell today. Anyway, the next episode is uh, Alan from Northway in Oxford. He's back with another question, and so is, is Heather. She she uh, she's just asked the, the, the that question today. So join us, uh, and uh, we'll be talking about Alan and Heather's question. I've been Stuart the Wild Man Mabbit. He's been... I've been William Mankelow. And right now, share this podcast with five of your, five of your friends. <laughs>